Mom Save America is brought to you by Integration Partners, a nationwide network integrator specializing in cloud and security solutions. Integration Partners, what's possible? In addition, Mom Save America is sponsored by Plain Jane Designs. We've still not figured out what a bespoke design artist is. Have you looked it up? But that's what she is. Yes, I did. I looked it up like three podcasts ago There's and said what it was on the air, and now it's gone from my it's brain. It's gone from my brain, and Franny's drinking toilet water. Uh, she's a bespoke design artist specializing on all your business card and flyer and invitation needs. So if you need those, please go see Jane at plainjanedesigns.com. Thanks. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mom Save America. My name is Tina Graff. I am here with Carrie Lucas. We are the podcast dedicated to mom completing the things that inspire, impress, upset us, spark controversy, and create parenting challenges. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and tuning in. Today on the podcast, we're going to recap some Thanksgiving madness and the push towards Christmas, and hopefully mom can play a little bit later on on the power of introverts. But first, we got a little snow. First snow day of the year. Everybody's home. Everybody's home. Well, most my kids had the day. Uh, Henry, actually, the high school had the day off. Oh, they did. They always have the day after Thanksgiving weekend off, but the elementary and middle school kids didn't, but then they had a half day and then they had a delay. So Gracie went to school for an hour and 20 minutes yeah, today. Yeah, so ridiculous. And she said they watched a movie. Mm-hmm. Just so that they can say... Got the day they in. They got the day in. Yep. Anywho, what's been happening? How was Thanksgiving? I'm just catching up with Carrie. Thanksgiving has since passed and we are smack in the middle. It's black... It, what is it? Cyber Monday? Cyber Monday. We're recording I know. Cyber Monday. I feel like the whole um, weekend was a blur and, you know, when people come home from school or they're visiting friends and everything, it's like, I felt like there was something every day. What if the Some, girls drive? So they have a car at school and then they come home. That's always the... Yeah, well, know. we have, they have like a um, junker car at home. Oh, that they, they do. can drive. Okay, okay. But, you know, they use my car or, I mean, I felt feel like we were together oh, most, most of the time, of the time Did you anyways. Do, but, um, Black Friday? Of course. Okay, so I haven't spoken to Carrie. Last year on our podcast, you were pissed off about the kids in the mall on Black Friday. Okay, I modified this here. Okay. So I figured out that the kids like Black Friday because they're up all night and wandering the shopping mall, and it's allowed that you don't have to be home or whatever. Right. But by 3, 4 in the morning, they've petered out, and they no longer want to be there. So we got up at, um, me and my girls got up at 4.30 in okay. the morning, and we went to the mall. It was dead. Stop. So that's the Loved key time. It. In between the... Yes, after that midnight rush, right. and my girlfriend actually did the late night thing, and she was like, oh my God, we went into Victoria's Secrets, and there was nothing on the shelves, and, and I said, well, they must replenish, because when I got there at 5 a.m., Everything was stacked back, back up action. again. So there's that like instant hysteria. So are the they first couple uh, hours? So I don't pay attention much to Black Friday because I, I just couldn't. I'm an introvert can't at be this bothered. point. I can't yeah. be bothered. But I'm wondering, wasn't there the big controversy that they were going to start Black Friday immediately after Thanksgiving, like on Thanksgiving Day? So the so the um, mall up near where I am in New Hampshire, they had they opened at like 5 p.m. On Thanksgiving Day. On Thanksgiving Day, and they were open till 1 a.m. Isn't that sad? 
Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. It feels sad to me. Yeah. About, and then they closed from one to six. To restock. Probably. And then they opened again at six. Whereas the uh, Burlington Mall okay. didn't open until midnight. So they at least gave people the day. Right. And then they were open straight through. So that's where we went. That's why by, you know, five o'clock a.m. there was just nobody... Yeah, so I wonder when they're doing their restocking, or they must just have, like... I think it's just the first couple hours, there's all that... Hubbub, yeah. You know, like, oh, and, like, is there anything you really needed anyways? No. So that is my question. Emmy was texting me. Her friend had, like, a car full of stuff, and I'm like, what... Are the deals that good? So what I realize is everything... from the stores you can get online for the same price. Okay. Except for stores like Lululemon. So they had a clearance rack. Okay. That they only have, obviously, in right. the store. Right. Right. Places like, you know, Nordstrom's or Macy's where it's different online than it actually is right. in the store. But all the other type stores, it's just much easier to buy everything online. Right. And, and I don't do toys anymore either. That was used to be the or- big Black Friday thing was... Toys. I don't have to buy toys anymore. Yeah, and electronics. Where I went up to the National Mall later on mm. on Black Friday, because I wanted to go into Target, and I mean I didn't need any of these things anyways. But all the TVs and everything were still there. Like nothing was. Yeah. Sold out. Every, maybe we live in a different part of the world. Maybe you know in um, Middle America where the stores are kind of isolating and three hours away and everything like that's more of but a still hysteria. Every, yeah, everybody I don't know. can still get everything online, online. at yeah. some point. I think for you, it's always it's a it's a tradition now. So you're mm-hmm. you can't not do it. That's what it is. We didn't need anything, and it was more of like let's go a tradition and let's go. Did Ava go with you last year? <clears throat> so Ava's never come with us. Okay. Ava's my youngest. She's fifteen. She went with friends, um, and she went to the nighttime thing this year. Okay, but she's been begging to go for years, and I never let her come because I know she's going to drag my you child. Down. Yeah. yeah, she's going to drag me down. <laughs> she's going to be really tired. It's not going to be fun for her. So half hour in, we're going to have a problem. And I could tell, like leading up to the time when she was supposed to go meet her friends at this like midnight time. This was like ten o'clock Thanksgiving night. Okay, she's having remorse second thoughts about right. having to go yeah but she went and was fine i think she sort of got it out of her system i don't but think then she, she did get back something. up and go with you too no she didn't go with me oh just the okay. older girls she, went with okay me. yeah no she was sound asleep oh my so, goodness so okay. she got out of her system i don't think she saw the excitement in it as much yeah well it's always good for me to live out black friday uh vicariously through you and your girls because it's never going to happen it's never going to be part of my routine all right, so let's just mom template a few. My niece told me my stuffing was garbage, just by the way. How do you make your stuffing? It's literally Stove. freaking stovetop stuffing. Why? Because do I... they don't like celery, they don't like onions, they don't like anything mixed in it. They like it plain. I made stovetop stuffing. I have no idea why it was garbage, but she goes, the stuffing is garbage. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. Don't you love that? Yeah. Like, make the fucking stuffing yeah. next Do time. Do it yourself next time, Gretchen. Oh. Okay, well, to bring back an oldie but a goodie in the things that make me go WTF category, the FBI agent, Lisa Page, uh, who lost her job because she was texting with her FBI boyfriend negative and disparaging things about Trump, she finally came out and broke her silence about regarding the fact that what made her 
the most upset regarding the experience was when Donald Trump, you know, at one of his rallies, pretended to imitate her having an orgasm with her boyfriend. Which I okay, I didn't see that. (laughs) I would be ill. (laughs) So I think she was ill. She said she's had enough of being silent because you know she said that Trump's demeaning fake orgasm at the Minneapolis rally was enough. I'm I'm speechless. I didn't know that that had happened. Here's the thing: it literally never disappoints. Yes, like I'm always amazed. Amazed. At the that he can behave in such a way. Yeah. And he never can take the high road or be the bigger person. Nothing. Not only can he not do that, he sinks to lows that are just incomprehensible. That I didn't even know existed. The bottom of the barrel is not even a place that he lives in. He lives underneath the fucking barrel. I don't and, know. And he, here's the thing, too. Because... People mm, are going to say things like, oh, he's joking, and people joke, and you talk like that, whatever. Again, I'm not representing the greatest country in the world. I'm not the president of the United States. You have to handle yourself with more decorum than that. Right. As the squeaky ball comes yeah. out. Yeah. No, there's no decorum. The people that are supporting him, they have to understand that's part of what you support. I don't, I'm, I'm done with the, I, I just like his policies or I like what he's doing and yeah. I, I don't condone. No, no, no. If you are supporting him in any way, you support that crap. And that's all there is to it. And okay. I'm done with I, it. I'm going to read something that um, one of my girlfriends posted on Facebook today. Okay. Um, because it was about um, President Obama. And I am often met with this argument of... Listen, we had to tolerate eight years of Obama, do nothing, you know, whatever. Um, and then, Somebody's posting this on Facebook. Right. So somebody, uh, some writer or something posted, the sentence I hear most from well-meaning conservative friends since President Trump's election is, we suffered eight years under Barack Obama. And then he says, fair enough, let's take a look. The day Obama took office, the Dow closed at 7,949 points. Eight years later, the Dow had almost tripled. General Motors and Chrysler were on the brink of bankruptcy, with Ford not far behind, and their failure, along with their supply chain, would have meant a loss of millions of jobs. Obama pushed through a controversial $80 billion bailout to save the car industry. The U.S. car industry survived, started making money again, and the entire $80 billion has been paid back with interest. While we remain vulnerable to lone wolf attacks, no foreign terrorist organization has successfully executed a mass attack here since 9-11. Obama ordered the raid that killed Osama bin Laden. He drew down the number of troops from 180,000 in Iraq and Afghanistan to 15,000 and increased funding for the Department of Veteran Affairs. He launched a program called Open Doors, which since 2010 has led to a 47% decline in the number of homeless veterans. He set a record 73 straight months of private sector job growth. Due to Obama's, I'm sorry, this is long. No, Due I like to it. Obama's regulatory policies, greenhouse gas emissions decreased by 12%. Production of renewable energy more than doubled, and our dependence on foreign oil was cut in half. He signed the Lilly Ledbetter Act, making it easier for women to sue employers for unequal play. 
His Omnibus Public Lands Management Act designated more than 2 million acres as wilderness, creating thousands of miles of trails and projecting over 1,000 miles of rivers. He reduced the federal deficit from 9.8% of GDP in 2009 to 3.2% in 2016. For all the inadequacies of the Affordable Care Act, we seem to have forgotten that before the Affordable Care Act, you could be denied coverage for a pre-existing condition and kids could not stay on their parents' policies until the age of 26. Obama approved a $4.5 billion system to rebuild the levees in New Orleans. All this, even with Mitch McConnell famously asserting that his singular mission would be to block anything that President Obama tried to do. While Obama failed on his campaign pledge to close the prison at Guantanamo Bay, that prison's population decreased from 242 to 50. He expanded funding for embryonic stem cell research, supporting groundbreaking advancements in areas like spinal treatment and cancer. Credit card companies can no longer charge hidden fees or raise interest rates without advance notice. Most years, Obama threw a 4th of July party for military families. He held babies, played games with children, served barbecue, and led the singing of happy birthday to his daughter Malia, who was also born on the 4th of July. Welfare spending is down. For every 100 poor families, just 24 receive cash assistance, compared to 64 in 1996. Obama comforted families and communities following more than a dozen mass shootings. After Sandy Hook, he said the majority of those who died today were children, beautiful little kids between the ages of 5 and 10 years old. Yet he never took away anyone's guns. He sang the Amazing Grace spontaneously at the altar. He was the first president since Eisenhower to serve two terms without personal or political scandal, and he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. He was not perfect, as no man or president is, and you can certainly disagree with his political ideologies. But to say we suffered, is that the argument? Is this how we suffered for eight years under Barack Obama? I have one wish. May we be so fortunate as to suffer eight more. Yeah. That was written by Terry Carter, political opinion columnist. But I do hear that a lot, that we suffered. We had to suffer through Obama. Now you have to suffer through Trump. You didn't suffer. That bums me out. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I I saw it on Facebook today and I shared it because I'm like, yeah, I think people don't even realize. How good they had it. Yeah. Or what he actually, there's so much chatter. Right. We do, and maybe a, a Trump supporter would like to put together a really great list of things that he's done since he's been in office. Willing to hear it, willing to listen to it, because I don't, I don't know about it because of all the chatter of how much I right. dislike him. The only him. thing I can point to that I know Trump has got his sign gotten through is the legislation around uh, uh, prison reform. So it, that wasn't necessarily him, but mm-hmm. he did sign that into. Yeah you know, effect, which that's a bullshit response that we've, su- they, we've suffered for yeah, eight they years. They suffered for eight years. How? And the best part about that is they suffered under a, a Republican Senate. Yeah. You know, Trump, or Obama had to fight a Republican Senate the entire time to get, and he still got all of that passed. And sure, there was probably plenty of things that did go wrong or didn't, he didn't get accomplished what he wanted to accomplish, but yeah, it's and again globally, like 
I listen, my personal life beyond being annoyed on a daily basis has not actually changed under Trump, Trump yes. or Obama. I, you know what I mean? I, I realize I'm not actually personally affected. I'm just saying our country as a whole is viewed very differently oh, yeah. from foreign governments now than we were eight years ago. Yep. Personally, my life has changed significantly since Trump became in office because I, I wouldn't have started this endeavor. Well, that's true. Had had Obama just continued, or maybe it would have been like, oh, let's talk about People Magazine the whole time. Right. <laughs> I mean, that could have been. Which is fun, too. Right. We could have started, you know, mom not having to save America. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I just, I can't stomach it. And the thought, the other scary thing that happened to me over the weekend was I was reading again about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and she, yes, you right. know, and I just said to myself, she can't survive another four years, certainly, if he gets reelected. And if he gets to do another judge, we're fucked. Yeah. That's it. That it changes be, the moral yeah. compass of your whole country. For, for, for decades, for generations. Decades. And here's the thing, people, that's what the Democrats should be running on. Ruth can't make it, people. This is the single biggest reason why Trump cannot stay in office. We can't give him another judge. Well, and I follow this Instagram page called... We fucking hate Donald mm-hmm. Trump, right? And um, the post this morning was a picture of um, Joe Biden's bus. Okay. Have you seen it? No. We're going to have to post a picture because the side of the bus says Joe. And then in big, huge letters, it says no malarkey. And the comment underneath the picture is, oh, God, we're going to have to suffer four more years. <laughs> it's like, first of all... Who says malarkey? You dated yourself with no, no malarkey. This is not true. This is not a true statement it, that you're saying. I will show you the picture. It says no malarkey. That's, I guess, his slogan he's running you might on. Might as well just say Joe Blow. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Really? I don't is know, but true? it was so funny that because has to be people's false. comments were, yeah, we're doomed. No, no, no. His campaign, his campaign staff did not put that on his They bus. did. That was, that has to be a photoshopped bus I, it, it, listen it may be here's the bus it cannot be oh shoot Where don't worry go? about it oh yeah yeah right i mean we're, we're we're doomed although i've been really liking um bloomberg's political ads like i feel like bloomberg, he's, yeah. he's the only one who sort of ha- has political ads that are sort of on track to what's and they target him directly. They target Trump directly. They point out his faults. They point out Bloomberg's um, strengths. Strengths yeah. and yeah. So I was with my brother-in-law over the holiday weekend. Here's and his bus. Let me see the we'll bus. I'm supposed to get picture. Oh God, help us! <laughs> it's true. It's just, no malarkey. No malarkey. I don't know who came up with that, but Jesus, they should Trump's be fired. Be president forever. Yes, <laughs> that's that's the comment section. Oh goodness right. me. Um, was I just gonna say? Your brother? Oh, my brother-in-law. So he's a New York City resident for a long time, and I knew he always liked Bloomberg, but I wanted what his take on was him entering the race. And he said something interesting to me. He said, you know, I lived in Manhattan for, you know, several years now. He's like, and when Bloomberg was mayor, things used to happen in the city. Like, there'd be an article about um, some organization about ready to go under. And then two weeks later, miraculously, they got a funding for like $15 million, a check in the mail that was anonymous. And he's like, that happened consistently throughout Manhattan to rebuild areas or get funding for things that weren't necessarily popular, but had a meaning. And Mm -hmm. he's like, 
you knew Bloomberg was behind all of those things. And he never necessarily wanted the publicity around it. He just wanted things to move in the right direction. And he could afford to do it. How awesome is that? Well, and also not for his own profit or family name. Well, of course. I mean... Okay, well, this actually ties into my main mom templating topic for today. And I want to move into that because a while back, I finished this book called Quiet by Susan Cain. It's uh, uh, regarding the power of introverts. There are a few reasons why this book entered into my consciousness this week. And one of them was Bloomberg and his humility about certain things. Mm -hmm. And uh, he comes from a, you know, a culture of of quietness, of humility, not a braggadocious kind of thing. And he just seems like he's a reluctant extrovert you know like he thrives more in a quiet contemplative environment that's completely opposite of what we have right now with the fire hose of noise and nonsense and madness going on every day you know and and in addition to Bloomberg the other trigger regarding introverts that happened to me was because it's the end of the marking period at school and every single time I get Grace's report card. The comments section is we'd love her to participate more in class. She's a great kid Mm -hmm. but can't she participate more in class? The first time I got it, I was like, Grace, you got to participate more in class. Jump in there. You probably know the answer. And then this time I got it, I was like, why does she have to fucking participate more in yeah, class? Yeah, that's she, an excellent question. Why? She doesn't have to. Why does she have to raise her hand to say she knows the answer? Right. If she can write the answer on a test, she knows it. Yeah. And and she doesn't have to be the extrovert yeah. that all the other kids have to be. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to. That's not her personality. Why are we a society that has a bias towards extroverts? They're not necessarily better or worse. Well, right. You don't have to be the loudest voice. You don't have to be. No. Speak softly. Carry a big stick. Yeah. We've heard that before. Anyway, so... There's a couple different TED Talks out there called um, The Power of Introverts by Suzanne Kane. They're really interesting. I'm going to go through with Carrie a couple of the highlights that I thought were fascinating. and Because I, I think the majority of us are somewhat introverted mm-hmm. as far as the scale is concerned. I think, that, and I think one of the statistics was a third to half of all people have introverted uh, tendencies. Mm-hmm. We as a society have promoted with our schools, like before teachers had kids in neat rows of desks, you were not penalized if you wanted to go off and work by yourself. Now everything is a, co- a collaboration. Desks are in little pods. Yep. You have to be in a group to work. You have to work well with others. Some people don't. Yeah. And we we are forcing this on our kids. I know that Work my place. children in general hate the group project yes. more than anything. It causes unbelievable... And I know it's a valuable skill to learn. But like you said, it doesn't need to be for every project. Right. Maybe once a year do a group project right. and see if the extrovert will flourish at that point. But yeah, it just causes them unbelievable anxiety. They're worried about, you know, everybody else measuring up to what they're doing. Or they're or... going to do more work than, than everybody yes. else there are. And here's the thing. I'm always a proponent of promoting social awareness, social skills, mm-hmm. social and emotional intelligence. That doesn't have to be the loudest voice in right. the room. That has to be understanding where you fit within your environment. It's different being, from being shy. Shy is the fear of social, what's it, what's it called? Social judgments. Okay. Being shy is the fear of being uh, socially judged. Being an introvert is recognizing that you you thrive best in environments that are low-key. You're stimulated 
most when you're in an, in a quieter environment. Why is it that we as a society over the last 100 years have just been pushing the salesman mentality on people versus the contemplation mentality, right? So and we have a um, little girl at school a few years ago, and she would read at recess. That's, she would, that's grace. She would sit alone and read. And yes, as um, a recess person. recess person out there, you think, oh, no, she's... She's sad. She's lonely. We've got to hook her up with somebody to play with or go ask, you know, her name isn't Sarah, but go ask Sarah to play. So So she would sit alone at recess and and read. And, um, you know, we're out there trying to get her involved or whatever. And a call was made home to her, you know, mom to say, you know, oh, Sally's sitting alone at recess and reading. And we're, yeah, there's exactly, there's a problem. And the mother's response was great. It was she likes to read. She's perfectly happy. Please leave her alone. I mean, literally, she wanted to read. It's fine. And we used to, like, if the kids brought, like, their books to the lunchroom or whatever, no, no, this is a time for socialization. This is a time to check. Why? Why is it a time for socialization? Most times, the lunchroom is totally too overwhelming chaos. It's chaos. to even be able to socialize. Right. With the beginning of one of uh, Suzanne Kane's podcast, or sorry, TED Talks, she says her family activity was reading. So their family social activities would be, they all have a book, they're all sitting in the same room, we're all together, maybe right. we would share an idea, but that was their deal. And when she went off to summer camp, she packed a bunch of books, and the camp counselor came in singing, R-O-W-D-I-E, that's the way we spell rowdy, let's get rowdy. And she'd be like, Whoa, that's not my idea. First oh, of all, fun. we're spelling it wrong. Second of all, yeah. <laughs> um, I I need quiet time. But mm-hmm. she said she, as an introvert, forced herself to do things that weren't didn't necessarily come naturally to her. She went to law school to be a big time lawyer because she subconsciously knew maybe this is bad. Maybe what I'm That's doing the is... Thing. The thing. The introverts often think there's something wrong, wrong with, with them. Me. And there is nothing wrong. And in order to have creativity or build some sort of unique idea or theme, you need aloneness. You need solitude. Otherwise, you're just mimicking everybody else's thoughts. So there's this big study. I think somebody at the Wharton School, I don't know, it's in the TED Talk, but she talks about the fact that in 90% of social interactions, you mimic the actions and ideas of the people that are around you. Mm -hmm. And typically, you mimic the ideas of the people that are around you from the fact that you take on the persona or the ideas of the the loudest, most boisterous, charismatic person in that group. We all just kind of gravitate to that person and then just assume, okay, instead of really figuring out what means something to you and standing out. And it takes a lot of strength and courage and self-confidence to be like, oh, no, that idea sucks. I have my own ideas of something. You just kind of go with the flow, follow the trend, be the sheep in the herd versus when you do have alone time, you kind of balance yourself out. I found that really interesting in light of the fact that all the comments from the Teachers for Grace were you know, she needs to participate more in class. And I finally got Mama Bear on it. Like, no, she fucking doesn't. Yeah. Nope. I like her just the way she is. She communicates perfectly fine. Well, and what's so interesting, too, is now there's this, like, whole push 
back towards you know mindfulness and meditation and you but know not solitary. in not in social situations. Right, it's more of like a quote unquote structured time. Like oh, you have to you have to book in a period of time right. in your day to be mindful. You have to go it's into not your closet okay. for ten minutes. Right, exactly. It's not okay to be just sort of alone yes. with your thoughts like sporadically throughout the day right. now it's like a scheduled activity like an exercise class and, or and here's the thing no one is saying either direction is the right way right it's just saying we need a society of all of it because like even the guy who invented the apple computer steve wazowski or whatever his name is he says he did it because he was a, he was an introvert and he just needed to be by himself but also he had the ability to collaborate why he went with Steve Jobs to start the company. He knew he couldn't do that by, you know, on his own. Right. In order for him to come up with that idea, he needed to be the introvert that he was. We as a society, we reject even in leadership roles, like we often the most the loudest person in the room typically gets the promotion mm-hmm. or becomes the leader when in fact introverts are most often better managers and leaders because they listen better mm-hmm. and they're not they don't need this limelight. They don't need to be... Right, it's not about them. It's about the, the project or team as right. a whole. And they're willing to take others' I- others' ideas and incorporate them into uh, the plan versus just be the boss about it. Yeah. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting study on the fact that on the scale of you know, introvert to extrovert. Most of us fall in the middle somewhere. And it's okay if you're on either end of the spectrum, just recognize what sort of environment works best for you. Do you enjoy that heavy, stimulated place where there's a ton of people? Or do you like a smaller group environment and that's where you feel most comfortable to thrive? And either way, don't apologize for how you act, how you feel. And two, it's also interesting, like, you know, in today's day and age, and particularly the school system that you're in, is very open to different learning styles and accommodating all types of learners with maybe, I guess, what you would say is a disability in some sort of way, but they're not willing to recognize a personality difference that might not fit into the mold of the classroom. That's not okay. But if you are... um, In the early days, I'm cutting you off because in the early days, that extrovert was either labeled the class clown or or the teacher's pet. Yeah, and they were annoying. And they were annoying. Yeah. And they're still annoying. Yeah. But they garner that attention because we now celebrate this noise and prominence and character of action. And we're in a society where... Negative energy and negative attention is still considered positive. And also, if you're wondering if that extrovert, as a teacher, I'm saying now, Mm -hmm. if you're wondering if that that introvert is tuning in or on task or following along with this discussion, don't make them raise their hand. Right, right. Gracie, what are your thoughts on this? Like, and, and I don't even know that I would do that either because sometimes calling somebody out makes them actually very uncomfortable um, uncomfortable or insecure but don't just take the you know hands that shoot up in the air right ask somebody that you know might know the answer but is just a little bit timid to put the hand up and just doesn't necessarily like attention right when i have asked grace about this and she's here today so we might pull her in here but when i've asked her about this i've said why don't you raise your hand and what she usually says is I'm just pretty comfortable knowing the answer myself. I'm well, kinda... too, also, as, like, not that she's an observer, but as an observer, 
would yes. sometimes see. They see, oh my God, right. Susie's raising her hand again. Yes. Like if you're just totally annoyed and put out yeah. by the person. The other times, she's like, sometimes it's just annoying, the question. That's on, I think that's really an interesting take, Tina, and I wonder... Um, if teachers, I mean, teachers are so aware they of are. the different children and personalities in the classroom, why that's even an important factor yeah. anymore. And sometimes I think maybe they don't have anything else to say. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, we just wish Grace would participate more. We yeah. just wish she'd use her voice. That's the yeah. other thing I hear. Yeah. I wish Grace would use her voice more. Yeah. And I'm like, I find her voice, she uses Perfectly her voice. Perfectly fine and appropriately. Yeah. yeah. When she, of course, I want her to feel comfortable to speak her mind. Like, we don't want to create... Yeah, you want uh, the child to be confident enough right. to say something if they choose to. Right. But it shouldn't be sort of a requirement of right. the it class. Right. Sh- it should be an acknowledgement that Grace is, or, you know, I'm, I'm picking on her at the moment, but she is one of those kids who would rather read at recess. Yeah. Because she's like, I don't get time during the day to read. Right. So... This is my enjoyable activity. Right. This is what I want to do. I need my I need some alone time. It yeah. feels crowded. She's always like personal space, people. Yeah. Like I need some personal space. And being in environments like the cubicles at work or, you know, the school environment, we have created this place where everything is a committee. Everything is a social environment yeah. versus, you know, some people just like to work alone. Right. And be alone. It's not saying that's right for everybody. I loved going to the movie. I loved being alone. I still do. I didn't grow up thinking that that was a bad thing. I yeah. grew up thinking that I was shy and stuck up. That's what I would get. Mm-hmm. Like my sister would constantly defend because she's an extrovert, mm-hmm. and she would. I'd hear her in the halls at school saying she's not stuck up. She just doesn't like everybody. Right. right. <laughs> I just didn't want but to. But isn't engage. that true too? Like interesting that if you are shy and don't want to engage, that you're. A bitch. You're, yeah, you're getting sing- singled out for some particular reason. Right. And you know what? Maybe the extroverts are getting singled out for being the class clown or the mean girl. I don't know. Right. I, I, you know, there's, there's got to be some acknowledgement of personalities and then a recognition of celebrating that personality within your family, within the school, right? And I don't know. Obviously, there are, like, mean girls, I feel like, are needy people. Mm -hmm. So I got this uh, tabletop questions game that you break out at dinner when everybody is around. And one of the questions was, what quality in your friend group is the least attractive? So I jumped in with, you know, oh, the bragger. I'm all done with the, you know, one-upper kind of friend. And the kids all kind of unanimously said that it was the needy friends. And I think that they say that because they all really enjoy their alone time and are slightly introverted. Mine would be the social climber. The social climber. Oh, it's my least favorite. The person in the group who immediately gravitates to the person that they think they should be talking yes, to. Yes, the most or, popular girl yeah, in the group, and I'm like, get in with them. Yeah, and you're no longer of relevance because right. that person is there. You'll be fine for later. Like, you know, the neighborhood friend yes. versus the school friend yes. type thing. That's the thing I hate the most yeah. is the social climate. But my I, coming back to the idea of the introvert, of your kids, giving them the acknowledgement that their personality is great whatever that is but also helping them with social cues like sometimes grace 
people will think you're stuck up in a right. snot if you don't. So try a little bit at right, times. Right, if you don't say hello. Yes. Yeah. yeah, if you like have your nose in your book like Belle walking through the, literally walking home from school trying to read at the same time. I'm right. Like, that's probably not the best idea since a lot of people are walking. That's an activity where maybe you don't read. Right. <laughs> you actually engage with the world. It's difficult and helpful to acknowledge and recognize each personality is a good thing, but recognizing social cues around that personality. Mm-hmm. I know. I was listening to something this past week, and they were talking about um, how, as parents, you need to change, um, like, when, you know, your grandma and grandpa come over. Why does your daughter have to hug or kiss them hello? Right, right. Like, we're, we're supposed to be setting up from an early age personal space, personal boundaries, I'm in charge of my right. body, and if I don't feel like giving affection at that moment, right. it's not required of me. And I thought that was interesting. Like, yeah, like you always used to get pushed like, oh, oh my gosh. hello, and you're I like, know. no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to touch you. Yeah. It's weird. You smell <laughs> like an old person. Right? I, I think back to, to that. all that stuff as kids like, yeah, I so did not want to hug or kiss that Listen, person hello. anytime somebody tells me to do something of a personal, like... Go hug your... That's... Nope, you're off. I'm, I'm done. The other piece about the introvert that I, I just want to kind of wrap up was that culture of character. When, you know, we were talking earlier about Barack Obama and, and Donald Trump. And I just want to say, like, in early American life, right, we lived not in this big city mentality of you have to be the loudest in the room to get something done. And it was more of a culture of character versus the culture of personality, mm-hmm. right? Your your character mattered more than how well you did on uh, a reality TV show. Right. Like, it mattered more what quality of a person you were versus how many likes that you got for uh, one right. personal thing. And we, I mean, we are really on the other side of that mm-hmm. right now. We are in a culture of personality. And I hope it starts to swing back, but... It's certainly not going to with the likes of Trump in office and as the head of the country at this point. But as we had valued things of quiet, humility, uh, dignity, things like that in the past, we are far away from that at this moment. And I do hope that as the pendulum comes back, a culture of character becomes more in line with just how we act as a society versus... And two, I think everything is always like a matter of time. Like, I always try to say to my kids, be, be patient. It all yes. comes around. Like, yes. this person, yeah, is the greatest, most popular, loudest person in the room right now. People are smart. People figure things out. Sometimes it takes a really long time. Hopefully it's not going to take eight years. But people figure things out. Like I, I agree. I feel like if you just yourself and you're a quality human being and you live your life by a certain, you know, guidelines, that people see it. And, and I do think that the fool or whatever you want to call it is always exposed in the end yeah the joe the court jester yeah. is always kind of falls on his face like at the some emperor's point. new clothes right. you know it's always at some point it just sometimes takes a little while i'm not necessarily talking about trump in any way comparing it to that but i mean with our children and everything sometimes you just have to Wait it out. Wait it out. I know. But that's hard. That's hard to yeah, do. Yeah, it's very hard to do. And and in the meantime, when while you're waiting it out, you have to stick to your character guns more than ever. Right. Like, if you can, you've got to really dig deep and 
and focus on your moral character versus just being the goofball out yeah. there. And that goes back to likability and everything else. Mm-hmm. Like we said with Sexiest Man Alive, he is Sexiest Man Alive right now because he's a good person. Right. Maybe we are on the right track. But anyways, go listen to Susan Cain's TED Talk. I'll post that along with her book called Quiet. Just think about it. Think about the power of introverts. Think about the fact that we all have a role in the world. And, you know, it's important to praise your introverted child just as much as your extroverted child. Even though the extroverted child always gets a lot of attention Mm -hmm. because they demand it, it's important to recognize the introvert has a really special place. That's where creativity lives, in that introverted child. And let that let that flag fly for a while. So, okay, we will be back with a Coffee Cruise Crush. So please stay with us. Okay, we are back with a Coffee Cruise Crush. And we're going to do the things that I enjoy doing alone. All the, all of these things. But it's like, would you rather Coffee Cruise Crush with um, going to the movies by yourself, going shopping by yourself, or going to dinner by yourself? So this sparked actually a debate with, you know, we say, bye, Wilty, all yeah. the time. Bye, Wilty. And I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or not before, but that she had never done any, any of, like she had never um, gone to the movies alone before. Or well, Should we get Wilty on the phone? Is she available? She's at work. Nuts. Um, or dined out alone. And I was like, that you you need to fix that. Like, oh, you right. have she got to mad at com- you, though, yeah. for saying that to me. Right. And she got mad at me for... T- saying that I made her feel like less of a person or something because (laughs) I criticized her on the podcast about it. But it turns out that I have another friend, Ashley, and we were having this discussion, and she said, I've never done any of those things alone either. Stop it. So I think it's... It's more normal, more common than not to. I I agree with that. I think it's a very um, strange thing to dine by yourself or go to the movies by yourself. Shopping is a different story, but and we can go through our coffee cruise crush, but I think I would venture to say 80 to 90% of people have never eaten by eaten or gone to the movies by yeah. themselves. Maybe maybe movies, I don't know. Uh, that'd be interesting to to dig into and I'll look into it, but I think it's a very uh, odd feeling to go to a restaurant by yourself. Definitely, but if you can get over yourself, you know, and I don't mean that in a negative way. And realize that no, nobody's looking at you. Yeah. Nobody thinks it's odd. I, I'll say this: my daughter and I were in um, Tampa, and we went out to eat. And there was like this very handsome—I'd say early thirty-something okay. man dining alone. Maybe he was waiting for somebody. He wasn't okay. because he came over and talked to us on his way out. Oh, but my daughter was like consumed by it. She was like, "Why would he be eating?" alone that's so sad he has no did you ask him friends that would have been awesome if you were like listen no when he came over he mentioned that he was from canada yeah he's traveling yeah and so i think that you know he was because when he came over to talk to us he said oh this is just such an interesting place there's so you know there was someone playing live music and there was so much going on and um you know just people watching in the crowd and the waitresses paid a little special attention to him too and i feel like yeah, I would much rather be doing that than be in my hotel room. Yeah, dining alone. Yeah, you're, you're part. You're out. You're part of the world. And she was fixed on it because she felt sad for him. Right. But I, I, and so I was fixated on it, telling her it's not sad. But at the same time, I was trying to point out that that's a perfectly normal behavior for 
a man, right? To be a man dining or a woman. Yeah, any, anything. I mean, yeah. why don't we just jump right in? I don't find any of these crushable, but the thing that I like to do alone the best is shop. Yeah, I absolutely. hate going clothes shopping with other people. I hate doing any shopping with anybody. I just Yeah, don't. like, I mean, I don't mind if, if, I don't mind shopping with other people when we're buying things for them. For them. Like, exactly. I like that. I like, right. oh, what do you, you know, oh, show me the outfit. What right. Do you, but if it's for myself. Absolutely. You're, you're in the way, and I do not want your opinion, I nor did I, I to ask. I actually can't do it. I don't like it at all. Even if, even if I take the girls or my husband out, I cannot focus on myself. Yeah. With that. It's like, it makes me uncomfortable. I can't pay attention to what I need to pay attention. I'm like, let's just get, I'll come back another time. And also no, I feel let, let like a back. little um, of an introverted quality with that in the fact that then I'm like insecure or second guessing my choices at the moment, depending on the group of people that yes. I'm actually with. Yeah. Whereas I, when I'm alone, I, you know, buy we, things we, that just suit me. We went to, I think I spoke about this on the podcast. In Princeton, we went to a thrift shop, right? Yep. And we're all in there. Everybody's like showing me things that they want to get, and I'm looking for them. And, right. But secretly, on the side, I'm gathering my own right. stash of stuff that I like. And then as we go to check out, they're all like, wait a minute. Oh, you're getting that? Yeah. yeah. You and I'm like... No, I didn't need to share right. or tell anybody. About I didn't what. want to show you. And then they were getting. making fun of me, like, "Oh, you're like hoarding that," or I'm like. <laughs> so I would definitely cruise with the shopping because I enjoy doing that alone the most. Right. As far as crushing, I guess I would crush dining alone, although I don't mind it terribly. Especially, I mean, I guess it within my own town, right. I might feel awkward sitting alone and dining because I right. see somebody come in right. and then you it's this whole weird feeling then they have then you have to justify why you're yeah, by why yourself. I'm alone right oh, okay. yeah. yeah if I'm away it wouldn't phase me yes. in the least yes. bit yes. but I guess I would crush that at, out of the three and then I would go to coffee with the movies because that's just the greatest enjoyable experience it's so amazing to go to the movies by yourself you choose the time you want the film you want the the only bad thing about going to the movies alone i went and saw um life is beautiful alone and i was pregnant at the time so terrible choice could you get out of there without sobbing i mean what happened that's the thing when you're alone and you're doing like yeah the ugly cry and you yes. haven't brought in enough napkins yes. and you're using your sleeve and then it really moves to like a pitiful right. <laughs> picture but beyond that I really enjoy going to the movies alone I miss that like I feel as though my life changed drastically obviously with kids and I moved to different cities so being alone was just kind of natural mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody to go to the movies with or go to dinner with so it was kind of like well you just, you kind of build in like a muscle, you exercise yeah. it, and you're like, okay, I can, and then you get to liking certain yes. things, and that can be bad too, because then I'm like, I don't want to go to. Yeah, the it's just easier to do it myself. Yes, I follow along your lines. Like I think the thing I couldn't do, I can't do with other people is shop. Yeah. So it's almost like out of necessity, I that's have to. Your cru- only I have. Yeah. That's my only choice. The other two, I can do with other people. I can shop like like you. I can shop with anybody but just not for myself mm-hmm. and even 
grocery shopping, I really find it difficult to shop with any, even the last time I had my mother and my aunt Marilyn, who are the cutest little old ladies, when they still, when my mom still had her faculties, I took them to Wegmans and they were walking with me and I got like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to yeah. give you guys a cart. Yeah. Fill your own stuff. Start yeah. at the other end of the <laughs> Wegmans. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't do it. So yes, I'm cruising with the shopping. I feel like I could do a toss up. I could drink, uh, go to coffee with dinner or crush the movies either way. I yeah, like none, none of them are really crushable. It'd be interesting to ask a survey a person who's uncomfortable doing the, these things like which I know we're not the, like I, this is okay, if I'm going to speak for Wilty, I yes. guarantee you she would crush shopping alone. Yeah, let's get the kids in here to ask them. We just have a question for you guys. Okay, on air. Um, the Coffee Cruise Crush this week is, would you rather go to the movies alone, go to dinner alone, or go shopping alone? Go shopping, shopping alone. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm not going to do, uh, like, dinner on my own. You, be, yeah, definitely shopping uh, alone. Both of my kids right now are saying they'd shop by themselves. You'd rather shop by yourself. Yeah, definitely. And Henry, would you go to dinner alone ever? Or I prefer not to. Like I, I, I go to the movies because like you can stay hidden and stuff. Yeah. Like it's embarrassing like being alone. Oh, it's like, embarrassing. If you're going out, uh, but like shopping alone is different. Okay, so yeah, by dining alone, like you wouldn't sit down in the food court, let's say at the mall, and eat alone. Or like sitting alone at like it, at like school, like if you're like like for me like at like dinner, at the lunch table at like for yeah. like dining hall, I never sit alone. Ever. Well, you I get that because there's or? other kids around. Right. But like if I like was going out to eat, I also would I would always go with someone. If you had to move to a new city for a job, would you go to the, would you go to dinner by yourself? Out to dinner? How would old you just would I be? In your twenties. In my twenties and yeah. Henry, what's the job? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> You're alone in a new city. Okay, yeah, let's I, say I'll go, I'll go explore, yeah. I'll go. You'd go yeah, 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 I would you go wouldn't if, feel I was, if I was like different. twenty. But like not like now. Okay, so like you're you're a junior. You're gonna be in college in two years. So freshman year, there's going to be a point where you got to go down to the dining hall alone because you haven't met that many people yet and your roommate's busy. Would you take the food and leave the dining hall or would you sit and eat in the dining hall? Good question. I'd show the, the dining hall. You would. You would I eat thought, it. I like if we had a choice, I would not go alone. Well, you wouldn't have a choice, but you, would, you wouldn't be like freaked out about it if you had to know. sit there and eat. Okay. No. All right. My kids are all introverts. <laughs> it's good. Mm-mm. All right. All right. Thank you. Grace would never sit alone. Uh, are you I think Grace me? would sit alone if Grace had quicker a book, than the two of you. Yeah, if Grace had a book with her, she'd be alone the whole, her whole entire life. As long as she's got her book. Goodbye. Okay. Oh, that's that. That's that. Wilty, you missed out on this. We've kind of coffee cruised crush for you. We said that... Yeah, I would say that she... Well, I actually... Oh, yeah, you were about to say... She would crush all of them. Like, I definitely know, like, clothes shopping, she likes to go... With people. Because she needs opinions? She wants, yeah. She couldn't do any Actually, of them. Actually, maybe, maybe she would cruise with shopping alone, too. Maybe out of the, the three, that would be the one. Because she certainly has shopped alone. So maybe... She could go to the movies by herself. Yeah. She would we're just gonna, not... We're going to ask her. Yeah, we're going to ask her to get back she to can, you. She can mention it on the blog. Okay. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, and we will see you next week. So bye, Wilty. Bye, Wilty. Bye, Wilty.